0: Hello, I'm Meredith Bruff, your host. Welcome to the world of sweet slumber, where we unravel the secrets to peaceful and restful nights for babies and young children and discuss the difficulties and wonders of motherhood. As an experienced mother of five, sleep coach, child care expert, and instructor of sleep consultants, I bring a wealth of insight and knowledge to the table. In the show, I'll be sharing my baby centered sleep approach so you can sleep well and wake up feeling refreshed and energized and help your little one thrive every step of the way. I'll also teach you how to let go of parenting pressure and confusion so you can embrace everything that you truly love, especially your child. You deserve a rewarding motherhood journey, so let's dive in. Hello, I'm so happy to be back with you after a short break of taking care of myself. Um, I haven't been very open about this, but the second half of 2023 was really challenging for me after I was in a car accident and had a concussion. I developed post-concussive syndrome, which took months and months to heal. I am giving myself some grace that things didn't go as planned last year and that's life for you. I made the most of it though. I mean, I feel like I'm really back in my best shape ever, Um, not necessarily physically, because I have some work to do there, but mentally, emotionally, I mean, the rest is just amazing therapy. So now I'm back and excited to create new episodes. I'm excited to continue offering sleep guidance and insight on motherhood, some inspiration and validation that I think is so important. But I'm also eager to start my next chapter. It was back in August that I released an episode about change the changes I plan to make. Do you remember what the new material and topics were supposed to be about? Well, I'll refresh your memory in case you don't remember. On top of my regular topics, I'm thrilled to bring you conversations about becoming a coach, any type of coach as well as sleep coaching, inspiration through interviews of women who pursued their dreams and become coaches in different areas, advice for running a business and marketing, finding balance, taking care of yourself as a working woman, and especially for those entrepreneurs, and much more. So watch for my new episodes in the coming weeks on those topics as well. I will make sure you know what to expect when you read the titles. The entrepreneurial sleep coaching episodes will include Women on Fire in the title. Today, I am going to share my thoughts on a topic that is really important for everyone to think about. Those who are mothers, those who take care of babies and mamas, you know, the doctors, the medical professionals, and even those who work in the birth world and sleep consulting world. What is that topic? Infant communication through crying. There is nothing wrong with crying or bad about crying. It's a hundred percent normal and expected that babies will cry. The only other way they can communicate is through body language. So why do I talk about tear-free methods and peaceful sleep teaching and all of these other references so much? Well, we'll talk about that today too, but I'm not quite ready. This topic has been on my mind for several months. Crying is simply a way of expressing or releasing emotion. People say that babies always cry with change and there's no harm in it. I agree to an extent, but babies should be supported through their big emotions. What they need is parents who are there for them. And I always say 99% of the time because it's so important to focus on the being there part and not on the when can we leave part. But there are times it's so important for parents to understand that if we're out of control, we're raging, we're super upset. It is better to leave your child crying and get control and calm down and relax that's the main factor that comes into play when I say 99% of the time. I could go down to 95% and we'll talk about other times that kids are going to cry and we don't have to rush to them. So what children need is parents who are there for them, who comfort and hold them, who aren't afraid of missing out on sleep to be there. People need to understand that babies aren't built to turn inward and comfort themselves. They have rudimentary coping skills. It takes many years to develop coping skills. They learn emotional regulation and coping skills over time while being cared for, comforted, responded to, etc. They need to be comforted to form the neural pathways that make coping skills possible one day down the road. Babies and children need to see coping skills modeled in order to adopt them. They need to be comforted so they can thrive and develop properly from head to toe, inside and out, mentally, intellectually, socially, emotionally, spiritually. So again, are you wondering why I use the phrase tear-free or even offer tear-free methods if I believe all of this? Well, let's talk about my journey because it's been a journey that (laughs) it's been full of learning and a lot of intuitive moments, honestly, where I had realizations and and uh, understood babies better. Sometimes I came from research. Sometimes it came from experience. Sometimes it came from a, a beautiful conversation with someone. So over, you know, just the first year in business, I changed. I, I was using the gentle methods, a little bit of crying, and then I found that these kids that were spirited and sensitive just could not advance with with um, the methods. My own favorite method, which I created, that was so so kind and gentle. We just needed more. We needed to change things. I wanted to emphasize in all of my content, my marketing on my website, my reels everywhere that I use tear free sleep methods that are not time checks or cry it out or fervor or whatever you want to call it. They were not old fashioned sleep training, you know, leave them to cry, turn off your intuition and your instincts, follow strict rules, put sleep above everything else, But I was so focused on the independent sleep part of my work that I think it was distracting and confusing. But I did that because so many others do. So many parents learn the importance of independent sleep from every single direction, and they think it's everything. But what I really wanted was just to differentiate between myself and others, that I teach a middle road approach. It takes the best of all the solutions out there and Then I add in my own solutions and methodology that I've learned from experience and intuition. That's what I call the baby-centered sleep approach. I wanted to share my passion for methods that work and help people shy away from the old ways. And on top of that, moms craved this approach. If they believed in independent sleep or wondered about it, coming to me and finding out there was a tear-free way to do it was just a beautiful answer for them. But most of all, my change, my process that I went through, the changes I made in my work and the things I talked about and taught came from what babies needed. They need the approach to independent sleep to be kind and gentle and responsive and as you know, loving and peaceful as possible. But like I said, I'm always learning. Over the years, I learned that not all babies need the skill set of going to sleep independently to sleep well. I still believe in it. I always have because when parents want to empower their babies with more ability or skills to connect sleep cycles and sleep for longer periods, it often works. It often helps them. What else did I learn? Teaching independent sleep skills does not solve every case. As I just said, it often helps them. Not all babies Become these amazing sleepers after you teach them independent sleep skills. I've seen plenty of posts and I've worked with lots of people who needed more or they simply needed patience. For about three or four years, I haven't mentioned sleeping through the night or used those words anywhere on my website or any of my content. I knew inside and out that some babies take longer to do this. Without my help, it could be two or three years. I know that I can help parents get there a lot sooner, but you know, I'm talking to people who don't work with me often. I don't want parents to be confused. I have a responsibility to teach about normal infant sleep expectations and help parents understand how different babies can be. I take this very seriously and I think it's so important. I've seen so much. I've seen babies who had all the skills and wouldn't sleep through the night for a year or longer, like I said, or maybe it just took months because of back-to-back. Leaps, And I should say, some of these babies, their, their parents did work with me and they did have all of the tools, but it took longer than they expected because of back-to-back leaps or because of their sleep temperament, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes if you don't already know what that is. There are babies out there, and this is actually what <laughs> sleep temperament's about, babies out there who have no interest in independence. They won't even be laid down to sleep they won't transfer, they won't um, unlatch at night. If you try to change what they're wanting, what they're after, they'll scream inconsolably or they just scream inconsolably when someone else tries to help with sleep. They're very set in their ways. These are not the babies who should be approached the same as easygoing babies who can fall asleep in their cribs, looking around, cooing, sucking a finger, kicking rhythmically. Um, Babies who just sleep through the night early on without very much help at all there's so many scenarios i've been through so much and you know i have, i surround myself with these amazing sleep coaches who see a lot themselves and we talk about this and i love that i love that i can learn from other people what i found was there was a reason for night wakings always babies and toddlers were seeking support closeness needing comfort or reassurance this is this is not a bad thing. In fact, it's so important to offer this type of care and support. The benefits affect babies in monumental ways, and it's more important for their growth and development, their ability to comfort themselves, and all of their health and well-being to develop properly. It's more important for that to come together than for babies to sleep well. People put a lot of emphasis on being worried about how much sleep they're getting, how much they're awake at night. But f- from what we've seen, babies are actually okay. They get through that. And what they don't get through is being left alone to try and work it out on their own or have these really, really bad associations with sleep. That really affects them long term. It's more important to be there for your baby than to improve sleep. In some cases, this is a side note, when parents are totally depleted, it is important to focus on parental health over baby's needs. But that's the exception. I found that it was quite unnecessary to use crying methods to teach independent sleep, even the gentlest ones, to progress with sleep for most babies and children. But again, there are exceptions to that one too toddlers, two two or three year olds not wanting to wean from breastfeeding, having tantrums during a sleep method, or while you're making changes, maybe your timing's off, you're trying to teach these methods when your child doesn't feel well. That can happen during regressions, not just sickness. And I found that there were ways to get little ones to cooperate and learn how to fall asleep in their beds and on their own without leaving them to cry or making them feel upset. So in my mind it was we don't need to You know, use these methods that are more forceful. We don't need to even work with babies when they're not feeling well. We can wait. You know, I found that some kids were super passionate and would cry too hard or sleep even worse when people use crying methods. That made me even more passionate about my methods. What really drove my passion for tear-free methods and solutions was that very spirited and sensitive kids needed the really peaceful approach with subtle change. You know, more of a spirit of cooperation, or they would not sleep well for several months or years. Their parents were the most exhausted and depleted. And that's a real thing, a real struggle. So that I know that I probably repeated some things. I talked in circles. I'm sorry. It's really hard for me to get my thoughts out there in an organized fashion for my ADHD. So I hope, hope that made sense to you. But this is why I spent the last few years talking so much about tear-free methods and my elevated way of helping little ones sleep better. But now. I'm at a new stage in my work. Through some wonderful discussions with amazing sleep coaches, some of my students, friends who are attachment-based baby-led sleep consultants, I learned that the emphasis on tear-free methods was confusing and possibly even damaging. Why? Because it takes the focus off what really matters, especially when I know that independent sleep is not vital for every child and not everyone wants to to even focus or work on that. And some people are okay with getting up a couple times at night, which might be what they deal with because they don't focus on it. What we need to focus on is responsiveness, slow moving change, creative solutions, love, comfort, being there. The things that I taught on the side were really what mattered most. It's actually normal and okay if kids cry sometimes while they use my methods. Because we do so much work to prepare, to help them feel safe, to trust their parents. And independence is the last priority and sometimes not even necessary. All of these other things that we do can often improve sleep. We don't even have to go to the methods sometimes. And if they do cry while we use the methods, it's not the same as it was before where they were terrified or scared or um, disworried or, you know, whatever scenario was going on before we work through that. And so the tears are there for a different reason. Again, it's probably change. It's probably a tantrum. It's probably just fear of the unknown. You know, I'm putting a little bit of grown up um, interpretation into this. (laughs) Their, Their thoughts and feelings are much simpler than ours. So I would much rather help you, those who feel this way, Stop feeling afraid of tears. Stop being afraid you're damaging your child if there's any emotional outburst or release of tears while you're working with your child on sleep or facilitating change. I would rather help you understand normal crying and help you improve sleep in the most loving, nurturing way possible and help you understand that's what matters. Are my methods super effective even though they're so peaceful? Yes. Can they be done with little to no emotion a lot of the time? Yes. But really, I just want you to be there for your child and offer the help you instinctively know they need. Your child will cry. They'll cry when they want to communicate something, when they don't feel well, when they have strong feelings, when they wake in the middle of the night, even if they're still asleep or close to it. Babies can wake in their sleep. They can cry in their sleep. They can cry in the middle of a nap, even though sometimes they're asleep, or sometimes they'll cry to release pressure, like tension. Sometimes they cry because they have fear of missing out and don't want to go to sleep. And I see that a lot in my work with the spirited kids. Remember that you're doing a super job. This is so important because people come to me wanting the tear-free methods, and it's really because of fears or wanting to do things differently than their parents. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you don't need to be afraid of transferring very adult feelings onto your children that are so well cared for with really strong attachments and really wonderful lives. The The most secure you're fostering all these beautiful feelings in your child from your responsiveness and your care. So your child is not at risk for some of these scary things that you're afraid of. Like, feeling abandoned or traumatized it's that's not going to happen to your child not when you're a responsive gentle parent who's there for your child there are some keys that i don't talk about a lot some other keys this has to do with um me wanting to save some things for my clients but what we focus on in our work together is building security and trust building a sense of safety in the room the baby sleeps in And those also are really key. Those are some elements along with holistic practices or solutions that help children sleep well. And so it's just really important to see there's this whole big picture. If you want to learn more about the activities and the different um, ideas I have for teaching children security, trust, um, object permanence, understanding that their parents are going to come back and improving separation anxiety. Um, ask me, send me a message, email me, let me share these ideas and solutions with you in a consultation or in a program. I have lots of tools that I don't talk about openly. And these are ways to help your child become the best sleeper they're capable of being. And it doesn't have to be through independent sleep. It doesn't have to, that's not like the key to everything. And um, again, it's something that I believe in. I can help you get there in a in a loving, nurturing way, but it's not everything. So I'd love to help you, but I know some of you can't or won't work with me. And I absolutely believe in you. So many of you already have awesome intuition and instincts. You can figure out your own tricks with the right guidance. Maybe not any guidance at all, but you're here. So hopefully I'm the right guidance. I trust you'll get this right if you feel confident and you're working on your own and you have that sense of patience and that bigger picture perspective where you understand what matters more for your child. It comes together. It comes together. And if it's not, another reason to reach out to me is that we can go through my sleep disorder survey, which is so insightful. And it's also really, it's a breath of fresh air to find out if your child doesn't have any sleep disorder signs, and that's not an underlying cause of the sleep trouble. But again, you also want to rule that out, make sure that it isn't. That can also bring peace. So before we go, I'm just gonna remind you: if you haven't taken the sleep temperament quiz, take it. If you are a professional who's listening to this, go ahead and look at it, go through it. It's very insightful. The links are always in my show description and you can find it on sweet on the homepage and other places. The sleep temperament quiz will help you learn about your child, what normal sleep is for them and so much more along the lines of what we've talked about today. It will unlock some free resources for you through email. Well, that's it for today. I'm so happy I was able to share my thoughts on this topic with you. Take care of yourself. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Sweet Slumber Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Before you go, please leave a review and hit subscribe and have a great day.